traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Greg Kelly coming to you live from the scene of the crime. I am actually in Palm Beach, Florida, about uh, about a mile or so from Mar-a-Lago. I can almost see it. If I go onto the roof, I can actually see Mar-a-Lago and that great big giant flag. And the crime I'm talking about is the one perpetrated against President Trump by the Department of Justice and the FBI. And you know what? This is still a nation of laws and rules and freedom. And I am just so pleased that a judge... A real judge, not that phony magistrate they found, but a district court judge has approved the Trump team's request for a special master to come in and review these documents, to not take the Department of Justice's word for it. They are an adversary here. They have a point of view. That point of view is to get Trump, to get Trump. I've been through the documents. I've been through the what we can see of the affidavit, the warrant, the filings. You read this, and what you hear, what you what what comes through is it's a bunch of lawyers scheming to get an enemy, to get someone, not to serve justice. This is uh, what prosecutors run amok. But thank God, thank God for this judge, and just wow, I love it, I love it. Now you can finally see the news online, and you can see it on television. I noticed, I found out about this a little over an hour ago, and uh, then I went, okay, let's see how the fake news is covering it. I went to the New York Times, and for the longest time, they had nothing uh, about it, not a word. I I went to the New York Times, and what did I see? I saw something about, uh, let's see, we've got uh, uh, Joe Biden is about to speak. Uh, Biden should not apologize to Republicans. I'm reading headlines here. Abortion and Trump are giving Democrats a shot. Even with Biden as a pro-labor champion, unionizing is still a grind. Okay, they're complaining about that. John McEnroe gets his revenge. Uh, Hurricane season. Uh, Montauk. Big money moves in on a surfer's paradise. Nothing about this special master. They had to meet and they said, do we really have to report this? Do we really have to put it on the website? Yes, you do. And finally they did. I was It was just hilarious watching how long it took. The New York Post, Newsmax, Fox News, they put this information out right away. All right, for the legal ins and outs of what a special master means and entails, we may talk to the judge, Judge Weinberg, in a little bit. But this is a major victory for uh, Team Trump. This is what they wanted. This is what they sought in, um, in their, uh, their, what do they call it, a motion, a motion. And if you read a motion, they keep on referring to the movant, M-O-V-A-N-T. I don't think I like that terminology, quite frankly. There's something uh, there's something a little uncomfortable about it, all right? Hey, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. It's right in the middle of middle, Memorial Day. No, Labor Day weekend. So what the – oh, by the way, it's very hot down here. 
Uh, I know it's hot in New York, but this place, wow. And it's interesting. It, it only gets down to about 60 degrees at its coolest in like January, right? And it's interesting. It's only a thousand miles or so from New York. Yet, why is it so much hotter here? A thousand miles. You know how many miles we are from the sun? Like 50 million miles. We're 50 million miles from the sun, the planet Earth is, but a thousand miles makes such a difference. The Earth tilts just a little bit, and we have seasons, and we have uh, tropics, and it's all amazing. And it's all, of course, a gift from God. We can't ever forget that. Now, I want you to do yourself a favor, and it is Labor Day weekend. Who wants to sit around watching political videos on YouTube? But this is not a political video on YouTube. This is a Trump rally. And if you were just going about your life, celebrating a holiday, whatever, a weekend, there's a good chance you would not see the rally. Uh, Newsmax covered in its entirety. Um, but I think that was it as far as cable networks go. Can somebody tell me if Fox took the whole thing? I doubt they did. And there are some good people at Fox, but let's face it, that place is totally conflicted. They've got owners that seem to hate Trump and are always trying to trip him up. Did they take the entire rally? I don't think so. But if they did, I take it all back. Well, not all of it back because you guys still have a lot of explaining to do. Uh, here's a little bit from that rally. Cut 28, please. And you are going to send my friend Oz. Oz. He is a great guy. To the U.S. Senate, you're going to elect an amazing slate of true America First Republicans to Congress, and we are going to end the Nancy Pelosi political career, the Biden political career. We're going to end it. Our country's going to hell. Our country is going to hell. This election is a referendum on skyrocketing inflation, rampant crime, soaring murders, crushing gas prices, millions and millions of illegal aliens pouring across our border, race and gender indoctrination, perverting our schools, and above all, this election is a referendum on the corruption and extremism of Joe Biden and the radical Democrat Party. How can anybody argue with any of this? It's in, he's speaking so much truth. Even the fake news, even Democrats, they cannot look at what ha what's happening and deny any of this. Now, I think he comes into a critique of that horrendous, weird, crazy Joe Biden speech from last Thursday. I got a couple of quick things to say about that. Uh, you know what? Joe Biden, the way he stood up there and yelled his head off in front of that blood red background, if they had a real case against Donald Trump, I mean, you know, th there was something to all of this, they wouldn't have to go out there and do it. They wouldn't have to go out there and try to create a wedge between Donald Trump and his supporters. They can't do that, but they wouldn't even try if this were a real case, if they had something. Uh, so keep that in mind. You know, last week it was looking a little topsy-turvy, and that's what they want to do. They want us to uh, question ourselves. They want to you know, undermine our confidence. And now I, I saw a big article in Axios this morning. Uh, the red wave will not happen because women are so fired up about abortion. I don't think that's the case, all right? No one's talking about abortion. I don't believe so. Maybe I run in curious circles. I live in the middle of Manhattan, 
It's about as uh, liberal as, as it comes. And not everybody knows <laughs> that I'm a MAGA guy, okay? So they speak very openly in front of me. And, uh, yeah, they complain again about Trump, but they don't talk about Roe v. Wade. You know why? Because people have figured out not how to not get pregnant, for the most part. People know how to not get pregnant. And, look, if you love abortion, and I, I really urge you to think about that, but if you love abortion, like a lot of liberals do, sometimes I think they love abortion more than they love America, if you know what I mean. Uh, New York New York State's going to keep abortion. I wish it would go away, but it's going to be here, all right? Overwhelmingly Democrat, it ain't going away. California, so many bastions of liberalism. There will be abortion. The state is not going to change it. That's the state of New York, the state of California, et cetera. And if you live in a state where it may go away or they'll impose restrictions on it and you really want an abortion, if you were unlucky enough to uh, have an unwanted pregnancy or foolish enough to have an unwanted pregnancy or reckless enough to have an unwanted pregnancy, uh, someone's going to pay for it, quite frankly. We, uh, just call Jeff Bezos. Are, are they one of the companies? Netflix, you know, they're going to they're gonna send their employees. There will be these foundations that will love to send people. You know why they want to send them, by the way? Because it's more money to have a child than to, well, abort a pregnancy. You know, some of those employers, they look so uh, generous. Oh, look at that. They're going to pay all expenses paid, and they'll give you a month off to have uh, an abortion. Hmm, how about that? And put you up in a hotel and fly you back and all that stuff. Well, guess what's more expensive? Maternity leave. Okay, that's a lot more expensive, real maternity leave. So I don't, uh, I don't trust them. I don't trust their motives. But anyway... Uh, if you are that committed to having an abortion, you will be able to get one, all right? And it will be legal. You'll find a place to go and get one that's legal. I don't believe that that is the defining issue of this election. Do you? Do you really? Do people in, that you come across, do they really moan and groan about Roe v. Wade? I don't think so. And But they are out to demoralize us. They will be lying about this election left and right, all right? Hey, can I hear a little bit more? Can we continue with President Trump from the other night? Go ahead. If you want to stop this destruction of America, you must vote Republican. You got to get out and vote. As you know, this week, Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to give the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president vilifying 75 million citizens, plus another probably 75 to 150, if we want to be accurate about it, as threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth? The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is Circling around him, do this, do that, Joe. You're going to do this, Joe, right? And you know why? You know why they can control him? I believe it's because there are a couple of reasons. He does feel like he owes it to the left big time because he wouldn't be president without the left. But he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers with them because he's compromised. Hunter Biden, oh, yeah. Hunter Biden, Joe, he is a man. There's a great big cloud over his head. And if he were to get out of line, if he were actually to be Scranton Joe for 10 seconds, I think that they would have a conversation with the DOJ. They'd love, love to get rid of him. I think he's a very vulnerable man. 
the New York Post today confirming that, uh, well, more information about how corrupt the FBI was in the weeks leading up to the election. Hey, look, I understand what the FBI has been through. Did they want to necessarily come out two weeks before the election and make an announcement about yet another laptop? Remember what they did, uh, how they talked about Anthony Weiner's laptop just before the election? Uh, Democrats never forget. Well, they did actually forgive them for that. Okay, as soon as they started the Russia probe, I guess all was forgiven. In a sense, I can understand. All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna publicize this laptop. This is this is a matter for investigation. But to visit Facebook and big tech, and to give those companies a heads up, say uh, there's a story about a laptop and you should ignore it. Well, that's what they did. That's what they did. We know that from Mark Zuckerberg. They went and they took the they 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 saw the writing on the wall. They could decode the language. Hey, remember this name. Tony Bobolinsky. Now, Tony Bobolinsky is should be one of the most famous people in America right now. But uh, unless you watch Newsmax or maybe if you're lucky watching some shows on Fox News, uh, you don't know who this is. But this is Tony Bobolinsky. He is a legit businessman, uh, naval officer, Penn State grad. Uh, this guy, like, is one of those dudes who makes the world run, right? He is a smart, well-equipped businessman and uh he got caught up with the bidens uh, bidens were set up with him i'm not a hundred percent sure how but once he started working with him he was like these guys are weird these guys are pushing it and i want no part of them and he told the story to the world in october of 2020 do you remember this cut 33 good tony evening. bobolinsky good evening my name is tony bobolinsky I served as a lieutenant in the United States Navy with high security clearance. My father and grandfather both served for decades in our country's armed forces. Since leaving the Navy, I've been involved in various successful businesses, both in this country and abroad. I'm making this statement to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family, Vice President Biden, his brother Jim Biden, and his son Hunter Biden in dealings with the Chinese. I have heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. Hey. I have also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. All right. We're going to come back with those, those facts that he outlines brilliantly, boldly, and bravely just before, right after the debate or just before the final debate. You would think that would spark the media into action. This is dynamite stuff. Instead, they covered it up to hurt Trump and to help Joe Biden. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I was on a plane uh, when Joe Biden was speaking on Thursday night. So as soon as I uh, arrived down here, I, I called it up on 
on YouTube, and I, I watched, and uh, yes, it was uh, it was a deeply offensive speech, so many levels. One of the things that really bothered me, though, it was a possibly the smallest thing, and maybe it doesn't bother you, but when when this corrupt, um, mediocre um, fool of a president, and I don't believe, quite frankly, and, and it's okay to say this, folks, all right? I just don't believe that he got more legal and valid votes than than Donald Trump. I, j- I don't believe that. Now, I cannot necessarily prove that. I don't have the technical proficiency, uh, the computer literacy, whatever the hell it is. I do can, however, I can show you that uh, many of the votes, uh, more than a decisive number of votes in Pennsylvania and, and in Wisconsin were cast fraudulently. That's easy. Those are slam dunk cases. And if anybody has, it's just, look, they violated their own laws. They violated their own laws. And those uh, ballot drop boxes were clearly against uh, Wisconsin state law. But when Joe Biden got up there and said, I thought I would talk to the nation for a bit. And I just thought, wow, this, this guy actually still has, has that power to talk to the nation. This guy, this man. I don't know what it is. It just, it just bothered me because, well, knowing what I know and knowing what was covered up, his presence on that stage and being able to talk to America as the president of the United States, it bothers me. It just, it's not, now he is the president. Yep, they pulled it off. They pulled it off because they kept this man away from the American people, Tony Bobolinsky. Can we continue with that, please? Emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. And the American people can judge for themselves. I brought, I guess, for record, three phones that spanned the years 2015 through 2018. These phones have never been held by anybody else besides myself. I was told this past Sunday by somebody who was also involved in this matter that if I went public this information, it'd be, it would bury all of us, man, the Bidens included. I have no wish to bury anyone. I've never been political. The few contributions I have made have been to Democrats. But what I am is a patriot and a veteran. To protect my family name and my business reputation, I need to ensure that the true facts are out there. In late 2015, I was approached by James Gillier, whom I had known for many years, about joining him in a deal which he said would involve the Chinese state-owned enterprise, CEFC China Energy, and what he called one of the most prominent families in the United States. I was informed first by Gillier, and then by Hunter Biden, and by Rob Walker, who was working with the Bidens, that the Bidens wanted to form a new entity with CFC, which was to invest in infrastructure, real estate, and technology in the U.S. and around the world and the entity would initially be capitalized with $10 million and then grow to billions of dollars of investment capital. After months of discussion, I agreed at Gillier and Hunter Biden's request to become CEO of the entity to be called SinoHawk. Sino representing the Chinese side, Hawk representing Hunter Biden's brother Bo's favorite animal. And between February and May 2017, we exchanged numerous emails, documents, and WhatsApp messages concerning SinoHawk and its potential business. On May 2nd, 2017, 
the night before Joe Biden was to appear at the Milken Conference. I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, and at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. This, After hold on, meeting, this, can you imagine the FBI at this point is hassling Donald Trump, hassling Donald Trump about documents that it appears as though he had every right to, every single right to, under the Presidential Records Act. Yes, under the Presidential Records Act, this guy had access and privileges that you and I don't necessarily have. And as Commander-in-Chief, don't necessarily, we don't have those. As Commander-in-Chief, he did have the ability to declassify anything. But under the Presidential Records Act, this stuff, those documents were at his discretion. He could classify material as personal or presidential. And he had broad discretion. They use that word in the policy, discretion. It's just wild to me. You hear this stuff. This is dynamite stuff about the Bidens from Tony Bobolinsky. And to this day, no one has been able to refute it. All they can do is ignore it. All right, give me a moment. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Give me a call if you want, if you're uh, in your car or what else. Oh, um, got to mention something about Barron. Did you hear what they did to Barron? Barron Trump, 16-year-old Barron Trump. They went into his bedroom. Talk about a crime. Give me a break. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, this is a big deal, folks, a very big deal. Uh, the Trump team has won in federal court. It's an intermediate step, but it's an important step. Uh, the judge, Judge Cannon, has granted the Trump request for a special master to review Mar-a-Lago files. And uh, this is now the New York Times is finally acknowledging it. A federal judge intervened on Monday in the investigation of former President Donald J. Trump's handling of sensitive government records, ordering the appointment of an independent arbiter to review a trove of materials seized last month from Mr. Trump's private club and residence in Florida. Uh, in a 24-page ruling, the judge, Eileen M. Cannon of the Federal District Court for the Southern District of Florida, also enjoined the Justice Department from using the seized materials for any investigative purpose connected to its ongoing inquiry of Mr. Trump until the work of the arbiter, known as a special master, was completed. Uh, the order would effectively bar federal prosecutors from using a key piece of evidence as they continue to investigate whether the former president illegally retained national defense documents at his estate, Mar-a-Lago. Uh, this is wonderful. In her order issued on Labor Day, Judge Cannon said she made her decision to ensure at least the appearance of fairness and integrity under the extraordinary circumstances. Let's see here. What else? Uh, her order would not, however, affect a separate review of the documents being led by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Yes, of course, they are out to uh, they are out to say that this is the greatest breach ever in the history of uh, intelligence. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, this is fantastic. Finally, finally, some sanity. I like this judge. Eileen Cannon is her name. Let's see here. Where'd she go to law school? University of Michigan and Duke undergrad. 
And uh, this was this is not a shock. She was kind of making noise about this stuff uh, in open court, you know, questioning the uh, the federal government and just seemed a little bit skeptical and accused them of uh, an over reading or reading too much into Nixon versus the United States, which uh, concerns a lot of this uh, presidential records stuff. Gosh, you know, imagine if you're an FBI agent and you're, you know, kind of following the news, not not more than anybody else, but somehow you're you're searching a former president's house and you find yourself in Baron Trump's bedroom, six, 16 years old, presidential son. You're going through his things, looking for who knows what, looking for anything to frame Trump. And that's what the FBI has been doing since 2015. Uh, but they've come up dry and that's really frustrating them. But imagine, just think of the optics. We all know, America knows just how <laughs> corrupt, venile the uh, the Bidens are. I mean, look at Hunter. Look at which presidential child deserves having the FBI rummage through their stuff. Is it Hunter Biden or Baron Trump? Hmm? What do you think? Uh, Cynthia is in Uniondale. Uniondale, home of Gary Delabate executive producer to the Howard Stern Show, uh, former home, I should point out. I think he lives in Maine now. Hi, Cynthia. My dear, my dear, you're the best. To me, there's so much to talk about, and I don't think I could do it all. But first off, the election, they're bringing up all this stuff now. They're number one liars. They're professional storytellers, the Democrats. They are professional storytellers. They're going to – the people that are going to probably vote because of the abortion is going to be the hippies, the young kids that, you know, mess around don't care. But the smart people are going to know. Number two is, um, what was I going to say, Bobulinski. I feel so bad for him. I'm, I'm surprised he's, he's, the same. he's still around. You're surprised he's what? Well, look, those comments, what I just played you, that goes all the way back to the fall of 2020. I mean, he's kind of, you know, I think he was, he made that appearance. He was on Tucker Carlson's show. And he's been pretty much underground. The FBI talked to him and never called him back. Uh, but his it doesn't really matter where he is or what he's doing now. We wish him the best. It's what he said. It's what he's provided. I think the guy's a hero. And the mainstream media, I remember when, he, when it happened, when he came out, they just tried to undermine his credibility. Why now? Who are you? What's going on? Who's paying you? Where Are you, are you with the Russians? That kind of nonsense. All of that. All of that. All their professional storytellers, they're trying to build their uh, case now that they're doing um, infrastructure. They're not doing nothing. You see a couple of guys with tractors on the road. There's nothing happening. They're liars. And hopefully the people, the American people, are going to wake up to this and once and for all figure it out and vote Republican and get the Bidens. And that freaking Hillary, she's still walking around. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really pass the street face test. And they think they can sneak this by the American people. We're too plugged in now. You know, we're just we're <laughs> I mean, I have this 24 page ruling right here in my hands. I'm going through it right now. You cannot keep this from us. Maybe in the old days you could or something. I don't know. Or, Well, they never would have tried this. You know, I would love to. I got to talk to some of my Trump hating friends and I got a few of them. What is it about him that that bothers you so much? Is it it's the style, I guess. Right. Is it the style? Is it the tweets? Because you look at his comments the other night. You put them side by side with Joe Biden and what he did. Did you see that, by the way? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was wild. The fact that 
Hold on one thing before you hang up on me. If, um, hang up on you. The thing that they're doing, don't hang up yet. They're doing the, um, going through the, the judge that said they can have this uh, special guide. I have a feeling some of those papers or some of those documents have been taken out by the DOJ, the ones that are important, and they're going to slip them back in later. They're disgusting people. The DOJ, the FBI, they're bad, deceitful. They've been that way for too long. It has to stop uh, it does have to stop. You know, look, I, at this point, I'm always supposed to point out, well, you know, uh, the rank and file. I'm not so sure about the rank and file. I know that there are some good ones in there somewhere, uh, but the culture is obviously broken. The culture is busted. Thank you very much, Cynthia. Uh, the culture is mm, it is what it is. You ever work for an organization that was crummy, you know, where certain things were tolerated that shouldn't be tolerated? Oh, I have got to tell everybody, I'm reading uh, Jared Kushner's book, Breaking History. It is fantastic. Uh, I love it. I love this guy. I got to tell you, I never really thought much. I mean, not that sounds like I was critical. I just, he was never on my mind all that much, uh, Jared Kushner. You know, I would see him on TV. He looked a little bit, um, well, did he look awkward? Actually, Trump points out to him, and Jared puts this in the book. He said, Jared they're going to hate you in the swamp. Do you know why? Because you're too thin, you're too good-looking, you're too rich, and you're too smart. And it's going to bother the fake news, and it really does. You know, Jared Kushner in college was making millions of dollars buying and selling buildings. All right? At Harvard, by the way. He's kind of like uh, that figure in, what is it, uh, uh, the Orson Welles movie. What's the greatest movie ever? What is that movie called again? Um... Uh, he he buys the he buys the newspaper and the sled. Oh, Citizen Kane, right? Uh, Orson Welles was twenty five years old when he made that movie. But in the movie, he comes to town and he buys a newspaper, and uh, you know it's uh, well. Jared Kushner did the same thing, and that drives the fake news crazy. I mean, can you imagine being a fifty five year old reporter working for a fifty twenty five year old kid who's a multimillionaire? It just bothered them on some fundamental level. And now he's in the White House calling the shots. So they never gave uh, Jared a, a fair shot. But this guy is very, very thoughtful. I like him a lot. I'm, I'm reading the book, and I like him. I like his sensibility. I think he's a kind man. And the insights into Trump, into Washington are fascinating, and also into our friend uh, Chris Christie. Not much of a friend. Chris Christie, I pointed this out earlier on the morning show, you know, Chris talks a big game about being a prosecutor. I was a prosecutor. Well, not really. Yes and no. He w did not prosecute any. He didn't have any like kind of prestigious jobs as a lawyer until he became the U.S. attorney. So he doesn't know anything. He gets appointed at the top. Does that make sense? They give him a big prosecutorial job, U.S. attorney. Why? Because he gave money to George W. Bush and he becomes a U.S. attorney. So he. He's got to do whatever his staff says. And, you know, an office can either run you or you can run the office. And I believe that Christie kind of just joined forces with them, you know, became their cheerleader instead of actually managing managing them and, and keeping them in check. Well, it looks to me like it was a totally malicious prosecution of uh, Jared Kushner's father. And it is a bit of a sordid story, but what he did – compared to what they actually charged him with and what they made him go through in prison. And Chris Christie wanted to 
keep him in prison even longer. He, he's in jail, and he has a release date, and tough guy Christie. You know, when you're not really a tough guy, you're always out there to prove what a tough guy you are. And he tried to give him even more time in jail. So you may want to pick up this book. I'm only, what am I, hundred and about 100 pages into it. Uh, and he's in Washington, and he just got there. It's fascinating. It's just a fascinating book. I'll have more to say when I'm done with it. And uh, Hey, Andrew, are you there? Andrew's on the line with us. Andrew from uh, New Jersey. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Biden's speech, I would describe it as uh, Mussolini if he was let out of the assisted living home. <laughs> you know, he's allowed to put on a little theater piece like an elderly Mussolini. Well, not a bad, not a bad comparison, and we haven't heard it yet. I haven't played any. Let's play this. Cut two on my master cut uh, list. The worst, most horrific speech ever delivered by a president of the United States. Cut two. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear. Very clear up How? 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 <laughs> Stop. How? How? What? Be specific. In his own weird way, he wasn't specific at all. What's going on? What's the problem? What's the problem, Andrew? What are we doing that gets them so upset? You're right. I want to ask you, too, before I, you know, if you could answer, I'll hang up. As a Marine... How did you feel about the two Marines being used? But I just want to say quick about the uh, special master. I mean, it's good that the judge is doing the right thing, but that's like using birth control after sexual intercourse. Is the, like, the, like Mark Levin points out, it's already tainted. They've already had the documents for a few weeks. So, I mean, it's good, but they've, they're already tainted documents. Tainted documents, what did you think? Uh, not 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 uh, submissible or usable. Look, I got to be honest. I did not particularly notice the Marines right off the bat. I saw them back there, and I, it just I, it reminded me of how they stand outside the White House, you know, at parade rest. And I didn't think that much uh, of it. I didn't think about it. The content of his speech was so outrageous. And let's face it, they were in the shadows. But then I heard the uproar. And then I had to think a bit more about it. And I'm like, yes, this is – and I recall because this used to send me over the – just this used to drive me crazy. Uh, when political speeches are given in the presence of uniform personnel. I mean there are rules. They're actually in black and white. You can look them up. They're online. The Department of Defense prohibits uh, service members from attending political events in uniform. They're not allowed to go. Uh, political, partisan, uh, and there's a way to delineate, you know, what's political and partisan uh, compared to what's governmental. This was not governmental. This was political and partisan, and they should not have been there. In fact, if they had gone there on their own uh, volition, I mean, they were ordered to be there. You know, no one's going to do that naturally on their own. They were obviously ordered to be there. But let's pretend for a second that a bunch of Marines showed up in uniform uh, just to watch. That is against the rules. I don't want to go so far as to say, is it against the UCMJ? i got to look it up. But that is in violation. Now, the swamp, they do this all the time. I'm, I'm one who's called them out on it before, and I, I, uh, I'm sorry I didn't get on this earlier. In part, you know, I saw part of that speech on the plane, on that little, little, little TV. 
And, uh, oh, I made the mistake of talking to the guy next to me afterwards. It's like, can you believe that speech? And he just gave me a look. <laughs> Apparently, he's uh, he was down with the speech, and he wasn't particularly down with me. Anyway, it is against the rules. Um, it's a bad thing, and the swamp does it when it's convenient for them. I uh, I like to point out, actually, and this is a, an amazing moment of this. It's raw partisan behavior when John McCain endorsed George W. Bush in 2004. Guess where he did it? Um, at McCord Air Force Base. And they were surrounded by troops in uniform. And this was uh, in total violation of military regulations. But they did it. And I think, quite frankly, I was one of the only people in the country, if not the only person in the country, who who called them out at, on it at the time, and I did so. I did so publicly. Hey, going back to this uh, this ruling here uh, from the judge, twenty four pages. It's uh, they go through the factual summary. Let's get to the conclusions. Following the receipt, following the receipt. Da, 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 in uh, discussion, jurisdiction as perceived. Plaintiff initiated this action with a hybrid motion that seeks independent review of the property seized from his residence on August eighth, twenty twenty two. A temporary injunction on any further review by the government and ultimately the return of seized property under Rule 41. Though somewhat convoluted, this filing is procedurally permissible and creates an action in equity. Okay, this is really, really into the weeds here. Let's just go if we can find the... Upon full consideration of the party's arguments and the exceptional circumstances presented... The court deems the exercise of equitable jurisdiction over this action to be warranted. In making this determination, the court relies in part on the factors identified in Rishi versus Smith. Oh, boy. All right. This is uh, where's the part where they dumb it down for us. Uh, <laughs> it just uh, it goes on and on. The same reasoning contributes to the court's determination. OK, again, it's you got to go to law school to understand some of this stuff. And uh and, hey, that's why we love Mark Levin, uh, 6 to 9. Hold on. I want to just get to the conclusion. In conclusion, in conclusion, uh, standing, there is another th- – no, that's not it either. Uh, remember when that guy did this in front of the Supreme Court? Who was it? Pete Williams in the year 2000. Uh, having determined that the exercise of jurisdiction is appropriate and that plaintiff, Trump, has standing to bring the, the instant requests – and remember, the government went on for 29 pages just last week saying that Trump has no standing in making these objections. The court next considers the need for further review of the seized material. All right. Ultimately, uh, that is she does say as much. Right. And let's see. In conclusion, do they ever say that in these rulings? OK, here we go. Appointment of a special master. An independent special master should conduct the additional review that is warranted here. Rule 53 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure empowers courts to appoint a special master to address pretrial matters that cannot be effectively and timely addressed uh, by an available district judge or magistrate judge of the district. Okay, it's like kind of a, a delegation, I guess. Here, as noted, the government's inventory reflects a seizure of property, 11,000 documents, and 1,800 other items from plaintiff's residence. Do we ever know it was that high? 11,000 documents? 1,800 other items? 
Considering the volume of the seized material and the party's expressed desire for swift resolution of this matter, a special ma master would be better suited than this court to conduct the review. Well, may not sound like much, but this is a major victory for Team Trump. Congratulations and congratulations to the much maligned, falsely and inappropriately maligned legal team that President Trump has uh, working for him. Halligan, uh, trustee, Kais, uh, they did a great job here. To be continued, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, if I were a judge, my opinion would have been uh, a bit more uh, straightforward. <laughs> the government is clearly out to get Trump. They are blind and they are doing whatever it takes, including cutting all kinds of corners. And uh, I throw this whole case out. Well, the judge didn't uh, quite put it that way. Uh, in fact, her conclusion, and I did find the conclusion, uh, and this is big. Again, it's a victory, all right? A special master shall be appointed to review the seized property, uh, manage assertions of privilege, and make recommendations thereon, and evaluate claims for return of property. The exact details and mechanics of this review process will be decided expeditiously following receipt of the party's proposals as described below the government is temporarily enjoined enjoined that means they can't do it from further review and use of any of its materials uh, any of the materials seized from plaintiff's residence on august 8 2022 for criminal investigative purposes pending resolution of the special master's review process as determined by the court the government may continue to review and use the material seized for purposes of intelligence classification and national security assessment. Yeah, right. They're going to do a real impartial uh, assessment, right, of the national security impact. These guys. Uh, on or before September 9th, the party shall meaningfully confer and submit a joint filing that includes a list of proposed special master candidates and a detailed proposed order of appointment in accordance with rule blah, 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 blah. Any points of substantive agreement should be identified in a forthcoming joint filing. The court reserves ruling on plaintiff's request. This is great. Done and ordered uh, by Judge Eileen. She spells it with an A. I've never seen it. A-I-L-E-E-N. Is that Aileen? Is that a name? Aileen Cannon? United States District Judge. Hey, whatever happened to the magistrate judge? Why isn't uh, that guy weighing in? Well... A magistrate judge isn't really a real judge in the in the traditional sense. Not confirmed by the United States Senate. That's like a big deal. Uh, doesn't have the 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 heft or an authority of a district court judge or an appellate court judge. Anyway, congratulations to Team Trump. Uh, I think they're going to be ultimately totally vindicated, and that's a that's a beautiful thing, and one that I think um, I, I actually I'm hearing from people close to Trump. That no one's worried, okay? They're not worried over there. They know what these documents are. They know what they aren't. They also know what he was entitled to do, what he wasn't entitled to do, and they're more than confident that this is that he's well within the law and there's nothing to worry about. Hey, do me a favor. Another taste from the other night. Cut 31, Donald Trump in Pennsylvania, Saturday night. Cut 31. Well, they'll go out and check the facts. Four people were killed last weekend. At one point last month, seven people were shot in the span of just 71 minutes. Philadelphia, 
This year in Philadelphia has already seen more than 1,400 people shot, including numerous beautiful little children. Last year, the city set an all-time murder record with 560 homicides. And it's on track to shatter that record again in 2022, numbers that nobody's ever seen other than in some other Democrat-run cities. Like New All York. Like New York, everybody. Hey, you know what's happening here in New York? Crime is out of control. I told you about Eric Adams. I told you guys I was right. Everybody else was wrong. I know Republicans. I know conservatives. Well, Eric Adams says the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Says the right things, doesn't know how to do anything. Doesn't know how to do anything. Parties all night, what a loser. Anyway, it's all going to, ultimately it's going to work, but uh, we got some work ahead. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, there are a lot of people out there who uh, they got to, if they want to be relevant in the mainstream media, uh, but they don't like what's happening, they have to demonstrate their bona fides, their credibility with the mainstream by saying something negative about Trump. They got to make sure that it's clear. I don't like Trump. All right. They got to spend a couple of paragraphs doing that uh, before they get to the butt. And there are a couple of examples like that in the uh, in the Wall Street Journal today. One is um, is actually pretty uh, interesting. Not the not the stuff where he's uh, attacking Trump, but the uh, there's another kind of clear-cut conversation about what's happening regarding Biden, Democrats, what they're doing to this country. And um, let me uh, let me run this by you, okay? I got to get th- through all the anti-Trump stuff. Again, that's what they have to do to get permission to get this stuff published, essentially. And then the, finally, the guy gets to the point. If there are fascists in America these days, they are apt to be found among the tribes of the left, They are Mr. Biden and his people, including the lion's share of the media, whose opinions have, since January 6, 2021, hardened into absolute faith that any party or political belief system except their own is illegitimate, impermissible, inhuman, monstrous, and, a nice touch here, a threat to democracy. The evolution of their overprivileged emotions, their sentimentality gone frantic, has led them in 2022 to embrace Mussolini's formula, all within the state, nothing outside the state, nothing against the state or against the party. Forget People forget, if they even knew it, that both Hitler and Mussolini began as socialists. Uh, the state and the Democrat Party must speak and act as one, suppressing all dissent. America must conform to the orthodoxy, to the Chinese finger traps of diversity, or else, and open borders, and rejoice in mandatory drag shows and all such theater of gender. Meantime, their man in the White House invokes emergency powers to forgive student debt and their thinkers wonder whether the Constitution and the separation of powers are all they're cracked up to be. Um, I like <laughs> I like that part of it. but And actually, this is pretty good, too. Listen to this. Mr. Trump and his followers, <laughs> believe it or not, are essentially anti-fascists. It's amazing that they got to say that again to be published in the Wall Street Journal. You got to you got to do this kind of stuff. OK, um, here's what we want. All right. 
We want the state to stand aside. All right. He writes, they want the state to stand aside to oppose the least possible interference and allow market forces and entrepreneurial energies to work. Freedom isn't fascism. Mr. Biden and his vast tribe are essentially enemies of freedom, although most of them haven't thought the matter through. Freedom, the essential American value, isn't on their minds. They desire maximum, that is, total state or party control of all aspects of American life, including what people say and think. 74 years after George Orwell wrote 1984, such control by way of surveillance cameras, social media companies, and the Internal Revenue Service, now to be shockingly augmented by 87,000 new employees, is entirely feasible. The left yearns for power and authoritarian order. It is Faust's bargain. Freedom is forfeit. All right. Now they diss Donald Trump a bit more. Got to diss Donald Trump. And here we are back to uh, Joe. When Mr. Biden spoke in Philadelphia the other night, he might have been thinking of FDR's speech at Madison Square Garden on the night of October 31st, 1936, at the end of his presidential campaign against Alf Landon. And, by the way, three months before, he tried to pack the Supreme Court. That night, Roosevelt boasted that his enemies, Republicans, plutocrats, et al., are unanimous in their hate for me. With a flourish, he added, I welcome their hatred. Hmm. Americans lamenting the divisions of 2022 and some of them entertaining fantasies of a new civil war should refresh their historical memories. The country has been bitterly divided against itself any number of times. The hatreds and convulsions of the 1930s, the era of Huey Long and Father Charles Coughlin and the silver shirts of home chrome tribes of Trotskyites, Trotsky, I is Trotsky is that's one of this Bolshevik, Stalinist, what have you, culminated in the ferocious battle between isolationists and internationalists that lasted until the Sunday morning of Pearl Harbor. Yeah, we've been here before, folks. We're going to be, uh, I think we're going to be okay, actually. But we got to fight, and we got to get out and vote. And I am tired. Remember, they're going to try to demoralize you. They're going to try to discourage you. They're going to keep hitting us with all these fake polls that will, uh, why even bother? The Democrats, the red wave has been dissipated. Roe v. Wade has fired up women like nothing else. And uh, no, 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 no. Do not be discouraged. And by the way, it's just not up to these polls. It's not up to these people on TV, these analysts, these people with eyeglasses and bow ties. It's not up to them. It's up to us. It's up to the people. You know, there's a beautiful movie, uh, The Verdict, The Verdict with Paul Newman. And he's kind of a down-and-out lawyer, uh, and he's up against the system. He's representing a client who was mistreated by a hospital and the hospital has the best lawyers in the world, and it looks like he's going to lose the case. But he stands before the jury, and he says, Today, the law is you. You. Nobody else. Not some statue. Not some book. Not some, uh, not some mm, monument to a, some dead chief justice. You. You are the law. It is up to you. Those other things are just symbols, that, and we hope that you do the right thing. But don't be intimidated. And it's us. It's not some 
panel on television. It's not the New York Times op-ed page. It's us and what we think and what we believe and what we do on Election Day or these days in the run-up to Election Day. It's us. There's too much focus on and too much chatter about these guys. That's why I've, done, I've gone on almost a detox diet when it comes to cable news. Yes, I encourage you to watch Newsmax, especially my show. I will not be on tonight, but I will be on 10 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, I take a lot of pride in it. Uh, the content that we deliver, it's only available there. Uh, no one else is doing what I'm doing. I'm very, very proud of it. Um, but it's really, it's all a distraction. Actually, and Donald Trump was fantastic. This is kind of going somewhere else. But the raid on Mar-a-Lago was a desperate attempt to distract everybody, okay? Uh, this election should be a referendum on on Joe Biden. Joe Biden and his weaponization of the Justice Department, uh, crime out of control, Hunter Biden's issues, Joe Biden's abysmal approval ratings, um, the obscenity that we see, children encouraged to talk about and think about gender all day long and go to drag shows and all that kind of nonsense. The supply chain is still screwed up. Uh, we have no border. Inflation is out of control. Joe Biden has been actively trying to tear this country apart. Energy, we were energy independent. Now we're energy dependent. We're begging other countries for oil. And um, we have no law and order, and there's basically nobody in the world who respects us. They can run circles around us. President Xi, uh, Putin, do they look at Joe and think, oh, you know, well, better watch out? No, they don't. And they looked at Trump that way. They really did. Trump could handle it. And they were they had respect for him. They don't respect this guy. You know, it's funny. They always portrayed Trump as like this rube this uh kind of caveman he's anything but he's extremely sophisticated and extreme yes he can go to wilkesbury and connect with the people but he can also operate uh with the so-called elites and they respect him they do uh it's funny they try to call him a xenophobe <laughs> this has been pointed out what kind of xenophobe uh, how many what th how many times has he been married? Three times. Two of his three wives have been from foreign countries, native-born, um, non-English speakers. What did what did Ivan? Where was she from? The Czech Republic, Czech. And where's Melania from? She speaks uh, Slovenian, I think. Right, Slovenia. Um, getting back to our situation here, somebody pointed it out. What does Eric Adams do? He parties at night, and he complains during the day. I am very curious if Michael Goodwin and other people at the New York Post are going to wake up, atone for their mistakes in endorsing this guy and promoting this guy uh, who has no business. You know, this is a guy who basically saw what Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson were doing and said, I can do that. I want to be like them. It's his role model. I have a picture. I should put it back on my Instagram of uh, – Eric Adams, it's like 1993, maybe a little bit later, 1997 or so, and he's at a silly press conference in front of City Hall. He's an active-duty police officer at this time. He's like a lieutenant or a, a, a patrolman, and he's sitting there with or standing there with Al Sharpton, and he's looking at him like a student looks at a teacher that he really admires. He's taking it all in. Al Sharpton is this guy's political mentor. Al Sharpton, all right? He's a hustler. And he has used race uh, to benefit himself. He doesn't seem to care a damn about the community, especially communities of color. 
especially communities of color. Again, black lives matter. Black lives do matter um, for us, for, for people who care. Uh, but the Black Lives Matter organization, they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. That, wa- that way they can make money. They can, uh, they can achieve more power. They can do all kinds of things. All right. Uh, oh, we're going to be joined by John Katsimatidis. He owns WABC. And I wanted to talk to him today because I noticed that, well, it's Labor Day. <laughs> he was filling in for the morning crew. Usually it's Bernie and Sid. Uh, today it was uh, today it was uh, John Katsimatidis and Andrew Giuliani. He works all the time, and if you meet, and I think I, I think it's okay to say, and I think people understand that John Katsimatidis is a billionaire, but he certainly wasn't born that way. Um, how do billionaires become billionaires? How do they how do they become so successful? Well, they work really really hard. <laughs> they work like crazy. And uh, for them, actually, and I want to find this out from from John, I think work doesn't really feel like work. A lot of us think of work as drudgery. It's something that we have to do Monday through Friday, and sometimes we do it with a lot of reluctance. My sense uh, from John is there's there's very little distinction between work and play. It's all very, very enjoyable. And in some respects, I can I can relate to that. I can. Hey, let's open up the phone line for a moment. Uh, 800-848-9222. Oops, I got to go to for a break. We'll do it right after I come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, remember, it's up to us. It is up to us. It's not up to some chart that tells us there are more Democrats in New York than Republicans. It's up to everybody to determine our future, who wins in New York, and... Uh, I don't know any sane person. I don't know anybody, actually. Now, maybe I do uh, move in unique circles, but I have never heard anyone say anything positive about Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul. I, as I said earlier, I mean, I actually am friendly with some liberals. I, nobody says anything nice about her. They don't look at her and say, hmm, that's an impressive person. They don't look around. They don't look outside and see the destruction in the streets and say, yeah, this is uh, New York is going in the right way. America is going in the right way. This is so strange, so bizarre. But Lee Zeldin, folks, Lee Zeldin, I'm very impressed. And I think he's got uh, a real shot at this. Polls are tightening. Hey, do me a favor. Let's go through this. Cut 26. Lee Zeldin, the congressman from Long Island, currently the Republican nominee for governor of New York. Cut 26. Yes. Hey, cut 26 if you uh, guys are working today. And I want to work with all of them. I want to work with all of them. And even if there was somebody who wasn't here and they don't vote for me, I want to work with them too. Because if you want to be the governor of New York, you have to be willing to be the governor for all New Yorkers. All right, I like Lee Zeldin. I mean, look, is he the most charismatic guy ever? In uh, No, but it doesn't matter, okay? He's on this side of law and order. How can you have – it's amazing that this is actually debatable right now. You know, everything that's going on – and she had a, an, a golden opportunity to show that she was a serious person, and that would be to fire Alvin Bragg, all right? Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of uh, New York County, also known as Manhattan – who on day one said that he will not be prosecuting those who resist arrest. 
that he is uh, committed to decarceration, whatever the hell that is, okay? Jail is not the answer for violent criminals. Okay, all right, good luck with that social experiment. Why don't you try it in the laboratory, okay? Why don't you try it uh, back at Harvard uh, or something like that? But on the streets of New York City, we do not have time for your experimentation. And it is great. Did you see the uh, video of the... I guess the carjacking in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, one car rams into another. Guys jump out with guns drawn. And it's not the cops arresting somebody. No, it's bad guys stealing something. Somehow they knew that the guy in the first car had $20,000 or $20,000 worth of jewelry inside. Um, that's a little bit odd. Maybe there was some sort of connection. But doing it in the middle of the day, I've never seen that before. Have you? And this silly knockout game knockout game just punching people in the back of the head unprovoked for no reason uh i've been uh, i've been looking over my head quite a bit hey don't forget a big big part of this adams is terrible and we won't forget what de blasio did to this city you know it, but it's interesting we find out too late or there's a big lag between politicians committing horrible sins, and being held accountable, right? So Eric, I'm sorry, um, de Blasio can't get himself elected anything. Dog catcher, you name it. He knows. He even said out loud, I can't run for political office. Uh, that's that's in my past. I can't do it anymore. Remember, he ran for the Congress and uh, you know, was polling in 10th place and had to drop out. Uh, but as recently as, what year was that, 20, uh, 2017, he was reelected with like 80% of the vote. 80% of the vote. Now everybody understands that he is a terrible failed mayor. What's the gap? What's the why? Why why does that happen? Are we that asleep? Well, part of the reason, quite frankly, is uh, the electorate, a good chunk of it is high as a kite, is on dope, smoking weed all the time. You can smell it everywhere you go in the street. And uh, there is a major link between that stuff and uh, more serious drugs. They call it a gateway drug. It absolutely is. Uh, the drug is so potent. It's not like, I don't, I, I don't know how old you are. Were you old enough to be at Woodstock? That was a, I've talked to experts about this. Marijuana back in the 60s was so mild, so almost innocent compared to the, they perfected it. They made it so powerful. I told you about the time I tried it, right? Oh, man. I tried it maybe four or five times in my life, four times in my life. Every time I had a horrible, horrible experience. It took me a good four or five years to get brave enough to try it again. Oh, I had another, <laughs> another psychotic breakdown. Uh, I don't do it. I won't touch it. I never will again. Again, four or five times in my life. Horrible stuff. But now we you just remember, it's de Blasio who essentially decriminalize that along with his uh, silly self-promoting uh, police commissioner bill bratton remember that big picture at police headquarters in 2014 they held up a great big bag of marijuana and saying this is how much marijuana you can carry in the streets of new york without being arrested this is how much you're entitled to carry around with you it was a huge bag the only person who would need that much weed is a drug dealer. And there they are, smiling their asses off. Uh, 
Why? De Blasio, because he really likes weed and wants people to have it. And Bill Bratton, because his boss wanted it, and it was a way for him to uh, uh, get power and then cash in, because he never stays around too long. He gets a job in law enforcement, sticks around for about 18 months, and then leaves so he can cash in. And you got to go see. I, quite frankly, I'll admit, it's somewhat personal with this guy. It really is, because he's such a media hog and is always taking shots at people who really know what they're doing, who really care about New York. This guy does not. You can look it up. If you add up all the time he spent in New York, it's about five years altogether, five years maximum. Out-of-towner, uh, lightweight, and uh, helped helped addict many, many young people to drugs. And I think that's uh, that just might be unforgivable. I know we're supposed to forgive people, but that's uh, messing around with kids like that. That's uh, that's really bad. All right, what's my situation here? Can I take one call? I'm going to take one call. Uh, who's on the phone? You're on the air. Rob, are you there? Yes, how are you, Greg? I wanted to tell you I went to the rally on uh, on uh, Saturday night out in Pennsylvania. I drove and- almost three hours from, from there. It, and to tell you the truth, after what Biden did, I was very proud that I went. And I'll tell you one person that would have been proud of me, and I hope he's getting well, would have been Bernard McGurk. If things went vi- viral, I really went off on the senator, Chuck Schumer, Reminding people, do not vote for this guy if they live in New York. And this is on behalf of Bernard McGurk. Bernard McGurk would be very proud of what I did. What did you do exactly? I was calling him Schmuck Schumer. And I says, to quote Bernard McGurk, no. I'm not here. I pray that Bernard McGurk gets well. I wish Bernard McGurk was there. I wish you were there. And I wish Sid Rosenberg right. was there. But- uh, who do you say? Right, well, anyway, I love it. I love it. And we want uh, we want Bernie to get better. All right. Thanks, pal, very, very much. I'm glad you made the trip. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, this is fabulous. Again, a fabulous ruling from this judge. Uh, I love it. Uh, You know, this is the first judicial response, I believe. This is the first judicial response. This is the first time we've had a referee say something officially. Other than an observation in court, I mean, this is a ruling. This is an official court document. This is a ruling from Judge Cannon that says what the government did uh, may, in fact, have been totally uh, outside the law, and they're bringing in a special master to take a look at this. Uh, And that is, and even the fake news, they have to acknowledge as such. Let's see here. A federal judge on Monday ordered a halt to the Justice Department's review of materials seized from former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, describing a threat to institutions and the risk of media leaks that could cause harm to Trump. Plaintiff faces an unquantifiable potential harm by the way of improper disclosure of sensitive information to the public. U.S. District Court Judge Aileen Cannon wrote in a 24-page ruling issued uh, on Labor Day. Uh, Politico, Cannon's order included permitting a so-called special master to review the seized materials 
for a potential attorney-client and executive privilege. Prosecutors expressed exasperation at Trump's demand to review for executive privilege, noting there is no precedent for a former executive to assert privilege to bar review of materials by a sitting executive branch, particularly when the government has determined the need is urgent. Uh, oh, here's the uh, here's the response. Anthony Coley, a department spokesperson from the DOJ, said it was examining the opinion and will consider appropriate next steps in the ongoing litigation. Uh, I love it. I love it. The Justice Department has indicated that if Kennan were to make a ruling of this kind, she should formally enjoin the department, a format that would permit an a uh, an appeal. Oh, okay. So they're going to try to appeal this. In her ruling, Cannon specifically wrote that the appointment of a special master shall not impede the intelligence community's assessment, the ongoing assessment. What a crock that is. What a total crock. And you know what? I was listening to Mark Levin, who points out that um, in all likelihood, the government itself violated the Espionage Act and a whole bunch of other laws. By taking the so-called classified material, if it is in fact classified, spreading it out on the ground, on the floor, and taking a picture of it and putting it out for the entire world to see. That's mishandling classified information. Uh, I, uh, quite frankly, had a a secret clearance at one point in my life. And uh, one thing I knew not to do was to spread this material out on the floor and take a picture of it and share it with... uh, Everybody in the world, right? You, you, you can't do that. That's definitely against the rules. And uh, <laughs> uh, we'll just see. We're going to see how this plays out. We're going to see, and it's going to be an amazing thing. Remember, do not get discouraged. Stay focused on the issues. Hey, there are a couple of people out there who should be really nervous right now. One of them is Jennifer Rubin. Do you know who she is? She writes, she's a so-called conservative writes for the Washington Post, and the other night she says, Bravo, President Biden, great speech. Next, we want mass arrests to happen. This is a person who went to college saying that Trump supporters should be rounded up and thrown into jail. That's just how crazy they are. I don't know who Laverne Spicer is, but she's she's pretty good. She's a conservative commentator, big on Twitter. And she says, could I please see this speech in its original German? (laughs) Good for her. Hey, can I hear a little bit more of Joe Biden's uh, nightmare of a speech from the other night? Go ahead. We're all called by duty and conscience to confront extremists who put their own pursuit of power above all else. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans. We must be stronger, more determined and more committed to saving American democracy than MAGA Republicans are to destroying American democracy. We, the people, will not let anyone or anything tear us apart. Today, there are dangers around us we cannot allow to prevail. We here, you've heard it, more and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period, none, ever. How dare this guy say that MAGA Republicans, MAGA, are trying to destroy this country? You know what we're trying to do? Save this country. We're trying to ensure freedom. I like freedom. 
Did Joe Biden mention freedom in that speech? Did he really? You know, freedom to disagree with the administration? Freedom to disagree with you, Joe? What is it about Donald Trump's agenda that makes you so uh, upset? Hmm? What is it? What is it? I mean, look, he's allowed to complain about the election of 2020, just like Hillary Clinton still complains about the election of 2016. Just like the corrupt FBI for two years pretended that there was collusion. All right. Actually, that's far worse than anything Donald Trump is doing. He is allowed to wonder, how is it that you, Joe Biden, managed to get more votes than Barack Obama? (laughs) You. All right. All that time in the basement. Are you kidding me? In those silly circles on the ground? I don't believe you won. I don't. It's a free country, pal. I'm allowed to wonder about that. And so is Donald Trump. Oh, but January 6th, you're going to hang all of this on January 6th? You're going to keep playing that footage? You're going to complain. This is the guy you said you were going to unify us. You said you were going to bring us all together. Do you remember that? Hmm? Uh, This is, gosh. The next day, by the way, they ask him, you really think that MAGA Republicans are uh, a threat? Those who support Donald Trump are a threat? And he said, no, I don't believe that about any Trump supporter. So he's totally lost. He's totally, totally lost. I mean, there's just, and I, you know who really does bear some responsibility here? Jill. Jill, the the first lady. Uh, she does. And I'm sorry, but, you know, you can go all the way back to the circumstances of how they got together. Okay? Um, can I say this? Is it relevant? I think it's still a little bit relevant. Uh, Senator Biden was fooling around with another guy's wife, all right? He's the incumbent senator from Delaware, and he moves in on Mrs. Bill Stevenson. And Bill and his wife, Jill, were uh, working to get Joe Biden elected to the United States Senate. You can look this up. Bill told this story, and he was uh, silenced and and chased off the Internet. This is the kind of story that is, um, look, Lots of people meet in all kinds of different ways. It happens in life. And I don't know if that actually renders anybody ineligible for anything. But it is interesting. Everything about a president is... Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Oops. So uh, when you travel, they give you this thing. It's basically a radio station in a a box. It's pretty small. It's... uh, I don't know. It's about the size of a clock radio, and you hook it up, and you got a radio station wherever you go. Now, pardon me, the thing just started to basically smoke, and then turned off. So uh, I'm on my I'm on a regular phone at this point, but that's fine. And also on a regular phone at this point is John Katzmatidis, the uh, chairman of Red Apple Media, of which WABC is its crown jewel. John, happy Labor Day. Thank you for everything. How are you? Well, I am great. Uh, it's a beautiful day, and uh, uh, it's a good day to be alive. And uh, I worry about our city. I worry about our country, uh, Greg. Me too. And uh, But one thing uh, that you, I've noticed, John, you know, it's a holiday. It's a Labor Day. And uh, you always work. You're always at work. And my sense is that for you, maybe work is not like work. What, it, it, successful people somehow figure out that 
or they just love what they do. Is that what you would say? You love what you do and working is not working or does it feel like work? It doesn't feel like work. Uh, I've been working all my life. Uh, I'm uh, almost as old as your dad. And um, uh, my dad worked till about the age of 85. And uh, it, it, you know what it's all about? It's all about uh, getting it done uh, and, pe- and, getting, and doing it right. And what, what people look at, uh, what did we say this morning when we talked in the studio? I said, uh, people do what you inspect, not what you expect. And people do what you are willing to do, not that you just give orders and that have, you want other people to do it too. Uh, if I'm willing to come to work on, on Labor Day to, because WABC delivers uh, news and, and, and a show 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, then I'm willing to do it uh, if I'm asking other people to do it. And something tells me, you know, people people don't become become millionaires and billionaires by working nine to five. And, uh, you know, don't call me on weekends. That's just not the key to success. It's just not going to happen. And, and the way of life but, uh, uh, where uh, people are mad at Goldman Sachs because they only want to work three days a week, uh, business uh, business hours. Well, that's a lot of crap. Is that what they're saying? I mean, uh, that's not going to happen, uh, and those people are not going to make it. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, There's no such thing as working three days a week. Yeah, there's going to be three days a week, but you're not going to be a successful person. You're just going to be, you know, whatever you're going to do. And you know what? That that Goldman crew, I mean, they should really get, you know, because they're holding up the money of a lot of people. And if they're just going to mail it in three days a week and occasionally Zoom, uh, I, I don't think that's good for their customers. But we'll, we'll see how that works out. Hey, so look, there's a, uh, a pretty significant victory for Trump. You know, uh, first of all, the, the, the rally I thought was great. And uh, I, I give him a lot of credit. It was awesome. But did you see this? Trump won in court today, this special master thing. This is a this is a good sign, I think. What do you think, John? Well, you know, uh, we talked about it uh, this morning for four hours. We did the Bernie and Sid show. And uh, bottom line is the American people want the truth and nothing but the truth. And we cannot become a third world country. Uh, I said uh, I verbally said that uh, the head of the FBI should get up and say this is the truth. And because the American people deserve it. And uh, you can't depend on uh political type appointees in the Department of Justice. And if it's a political type of appointee in the Department of Justice, then the fact is that the head of the FBI has a responsibility to stand up and say it's wrong, and they're wrong. And if they're right, they should say they're right. But it can't be two sets of justices in our country. And I love our country. Uh, you know, we, we cannot become a banana republic. Uh, we want equal votes for everybody. We want equal justice for everybody. And I, I just love our country. And I want my kids and your kids to, to, to have the way of life that uh, it was intended by our forefathers. Well, uh, you know, I think you love the country a lot more than Joe Biden does. And I still can't get over this thing. This is the way we kicked off our Labor Day weekend. Joe Biden delivering ghost stories uh, to the the entire country. Hey, Diego, do me a favor. Play one of the earlier sound bites, please, from Joe Biden 
on Thursday night. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very hey, clear up let front. Let me just jump in right there. Now, you, uh, you know, like, I cannot figure out what is he talking about extremism? I don't see it. I, I want to put just but look, I'm a Trump guy. I like his style. I like his substance. And I don't I wouldn't be if I'm not an extremist. And I don't think Donald Trump is an extremist. To me, that's a lie. He's lying right there, uh, John. Uh, let me tell you, I'm disappointed in President Biden. He said he's going to treat uh, everybody equally when he was running for president. Uh, and the Democratic National Committee hit him in the basement because they didn't want to take a chance uh, for the uh, public to see him that he wasn't able to 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 fulfill uh, what uh, he was made out to be. Uh, Al D'Amato, our friend. Uh, Senator, best senator New York ever had. He got a lot for New York done. Uh, he was Al D'Amato's, Senator D'Amato's best man at his wedding. And uh, Senator D'Amato says out, out loud, he's not the same Joe Biden that was the best man at my wedding. And I'm disappointed in that. And uh, our country is dependent on the president of the United States. And uh, look, I don't hate the guy. I, you know, it, it, it's what is, it, you know what it's all about? being our country doing well and right now what's happening joe biden is doing well for the rest of the world but he's not doing well for the poor and middle class in our country and uh, it's hurting our country and it's hurting the middle class and it's hurting the poor in in the united states you know, John, when these uh, politicians come around and, you know, most of them, a lot of them, and I, actually a big exception here for Al D'Amato, who actually ran the town of Hempstead. He has real executive experience. But the, a lot of these politicians, they, they may mean well, but they don't bring much in the way of skill to the table. Uh, you know, they, they know how to ask for money. They know how to ask for favors. And I think that's one of the things that ha- Trump has going for him, <laughs> but also for the swamp. It, it, it's a deficiency in their eyes. This guy disrupts the whole game. He knows how it's played. He also has world-class skill. Uh, like you have world-class skill. These people don't generally in the swamp. And they wish if only Donald Trump was more like them, mediocre. I think he'd have a lot fewer problems. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes sense, uh, and uh, all we, you know, we go back to the word because I don't. I'm not a person that uses the word left or right or, or conservative or liberal. I don't use those words. I try to use the words common sense because uh, I would say 80 percent, or, or no, maybe 70 percent, 75 percent of our citizens have common sense, whether they're common sense on the left or common sense on the right. Uh, and, and that's why instead of using names to describe things, I just I, I try to get common sense people to work together. I love it. I love it. Hey, John, just it is Labor Day and I know you work hard. Uh, we know that. But if you were advising somebody just starting out, whether they were just getting out of high school and wanted to get a job or just getting out of college and they were ready to work hard, what's a piece of advice you might give? them that uh, they may not hear in school 
or that just might not be, uh, you know, may not be heard very much? What, what, what's something that you would you would urge either a young person or maybe even your younger self? Well, I said, well, work hard. Um, work hard every day. Use common sense every day. Uh, don't let any oddball friends uh, uh, take you to any uh, extreme direction. Um, stay away from drugs because, let me tell you, uh, marijuana may be legal, but marijuana being taken by uh, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds will decrease their intelligence quotient, their IQ, by uh, at least 10%. Uh, also, uh, uh, playing, and I hate to say this, playing football and, or boxing at the age of 10, 12, 14, 15, if you get hit enough times in your, in your head, uh, guess what? Your IQ reduces another 10%. Uh, so if you want to be successful and, and want to have common sense, uh, you know, play it straight. And, uh, you know, that's what I try to tell uh, my son or, 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 or my daughter or, or whoever uh, else uh, uh, asked me for advice that uh, uh, you can, in the United States of America, you can become very successful if you play it right. I love it, John. I love it. Stay away from drugs. And, yeah, think twice about football. I love the game, but uh, I don't think it's worth it anymore. Well, John Katsimatidis, we're, we're so grateful to you for what you've done to New York, uh, for New York, and uh, hey, for all of us who work at WABC. John Katsimatidis, oh, one more thing. You know, you have uh, you've, uh, you've ran for mayor once. You've thought about public uh, service before. I think you got a campaign in you. I think you got a campaign left in you, definitely. Is it something you ruled out? Would you do it? Uh, what are you thinking? What do you see on the horizon? Any chance that you would get back in the fray? Not that you're not in the fray, but take the plunge and run for something. Well, you know, you never say never, but uh, right now we have zero plans. And uh, if there's, look, we got to save our city, our, our state, our country. And if an opportunity comes along where where I think that I can make a difference, I, I will I will be there. Well, we'd love it. We'd love to see it happen. John Katsimatidis, uh thanks for everything, and have a great weekend. Best to the family, okay? Thank you, and uh, happy Labor Day, and say hello to your dad, and wish him a happy birthday again. I sure will. I sure will. Thank you, John. My dad's birthday uh, was this weekend. And, uh, you know, to be honest, it's not something that, uh, thank you, John, we we talk about all that much. I feel like, uh, you know, look, I don't like to talk about how old I am. I'll tell you that right now. I don't, uh, it's not something that comes up in conversation. Somebody asked me how old I am. I say, uh, I'm, uh, I just kind of let it trail off. It doesn't necessarily work to my advantage or I don't know. I mean, you know, who's kind of like that in a way? Um, Trump, he doesn't talk too much about his age. And you'll notice that his birthday comes around and he doesn't make a big deal out of it. He does not celebrate it. It's not a big thing. And I think there's something to that. You downplay your age or it's just not a factor. And now today it's less of a factor than ever before. And in so many ways, Trump is uh, kind of timeless. You know, Uh, what is he? Mid 70s, I guess. Right. But have you ever seen anybody uh, so up to speed on everything and somebody who embraces new technology? I mean, 
How old was he when he first started with Twitter? You know, 60, like that? I mean, he's somebody who's, you know, not stuck in his ways. And, uh, oh, speaking of which, speaking of which, I really probably shouldn't say it on the radio. In fact, I'm not going to say it on the radio. But I have, uh, you ever feel like you got some really good advice that could help somebody? Well, I've got some, I, I, all right, I'm going to put it, I'm going to leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, I think I could have an impact on the 2020, uh, 2024 campaign in a very positive way. Let me develop it. Let me uh, refine it. And I'll be back to you with that. So, anyway, many, many thanks. Thanks to the crew there at WABC, Diego and the gang, and, of course, John Tass and the TVs and all of you. Have a great weekend. I'm uh, back in New York tonight, and I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, many, many thanks. All the best.